Welcome everybody to Mind Happy Love Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Carrasco, and I'm here to help support and jumpstart your personal development and growth. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you as it is a lifelong process and I'm here talking with some of my favorite people who have really influenced my own journey. So let's jump right in and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome everybody to another episode of Mind Happy Love Gabby, where today our special guest is our third musketeer, our own mom. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited. Thank you girls for having me. Of course. So today we are talking about daily routines, spirituality. So let's get started. Do you have a morning routine or a daily routine that you stick to? Um, in the last few years, uh, I've been trying to incorporate meditation uh, into my daily routine. And sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I feel miserably. Um, but I, I try to fit that in. Uh, and I think like every other human being, my mornings are hectic and a little rushed. Uh, trying to get to work, make sure I don't leave anything behind, making my lunch. Um, but even though I've been trying to incorporate a little bit of meditation in there, I, I tend to fail in the mornings. Um, I've resorted to meditating when I get to work. I, I'll park the car and just sit in my car for a little while and try to do that. But I find that my mind is already um, on fast forward, unfortunately, for the work day and what has to get done and all of that. So I wind up uh, not having great success with the morning meditation. But what I do do um, is try to do that at some other point during the day. Uh, I wind up many times just shutting off everything in the car, uh, the radio or lowering the either the air conditioning or the heat so that I can just kind of drive consciously, of course, but um, uh, look out to the sky as I'm driving, uh, mm -hmm. look out to any greenery that might be there, um, or just anything that I might be seeing that catches my, my attention as I drive. Of course, in a safe way, but just um, kind of decompressing mm -hmm. and, um, and, and breathing through. And sometimes I'll put music on or not. So it's not really a meditation where I'm just quiet with my eyes closed and alone with my thoughts, but it is a, a meditation of sorts. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, many people have that sort of, um, those moments to themselves where they, they reconnect uh, with themselves inside, even if it's not, uh, like I get, again, I said, uh, a meditation where you would be completely still or silent and have your eyes closed and that sort of thing. But one thing I absolutely have always done in the morning, um, <laughs> since I was a child, um, is that my, my morning cup of coffee is... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got that from you. And, and even you, you've been drinking uh, some warm beverages sometimes in the, in the morning, Isabel. I see you. Never warm. Never warm. Never ice. Well, I, I <laughs> Always was, ice. I was You're so against hot beverages. I don't want to burn myself when I'm trying to drink something. It's like that with food. Like, when we have dinner and the food is too hot, I like it upsets me. I'm like, I'm hungry. I just want to eat. <laughs> Okay, well, but I, I uh, my, my morning cup of coffee, I like hot yeah. and uh, sweet and with a little cream in it. 
and that first morning cup of coffee to me is um <laughs> life affirming because it's my wake up it's my wake up it's my me time my alone time um sit with my thoughts many times it's it's just mindlessly flipping through something online um news or or facebook but sometimes i just don't um i just sit there and i drink my cup of coffee yeah. um but it's just that it's my go to it's my that's what i look forward to every morning cuz that's my self care Three minute ritual every morning is that cup of coffee, and it's whatever I want to do, whatever I want to make of those three minutes, I do. Yeah. Um, so I think many people have that. That's so it's not a special one, but um, it's it's one that I do daily. It's like that's my me it's, time. It's become your routine. It's yeah. for so many years, decades now. Yeah, I got that from you because now that, especially now that I've moved out and I'm not having coffee at the same time as you are in the same space that you are. But I still do that first thing I do when I wake up is I plug in my percolator and I have my coffee. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's soothing on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do the same thing with driving too. I rarely, well, I guess maybe I'm an extreme because I rarely drive with music or anything on. I always drive in silence. It's really? If it's, That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only if it's been a, like above stellar day that I put on music or anything. But I, I drive in silence for mindfulness purposes. I can't not listen to something. Yeah. Even if I'm driving five minutes to work, I have to play music. Yeah, and I'm the opposite. But it, for me, that's my mindfulness time, is driving. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, many people who live in today's, you know, in modern societies, uh, especially in New York City, um, will want to fill the silence because yeah. we're used to it and uh it we all human beings will always go back to what feels familiar mm -hmm. it's the oddest thing and i'm yeah. sure that's some isabella studying psychology i'm sure that's something that's psychologically uh, mm -hmm. uh studied that even if it's a negative we just keep going back to it because oh, yeah. that's the familiar familiar is comfort whether it's a good thing or a bad thing familiar is comfort so i mean i, th I think that noise Wanting to fill in the void, wanting to mm -hmm. fill the noise is a very human, modern human thing uh, to do. Absolutely. But one, one day, try driving in silence for five minutes. That's all. Shut everything off yeah, and see idea. what that goes. Because, because that discomfort that you feel means something. Mm -hmm. Whenever we're uncomfortable, it's a, a call to something that maybe we want to look into for yeah. whatever reason. You know, and no, and it doesn't have to be anything heavy. It just could be like, why am I uncomfortable with the silence? And that's what I think keeps people away from meditation because thoughts keep filling uh, that empty space and that void that we feel, and we can't tolerate it because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not the familiar. It's not the go-to. And um, so try it just for five minutes and see yeah. what happens. I think, it's. Okay. I think that's why those meditation apps like Headspace and stuff like that are so popular because mm -hmm. you have some kind of noise to mm -hmm. make it less scary mm -hmm. yeah, to absolutely. get into meditation. Without a doubt, yeah, without a doubt. People want it, and they, I, I, I think there's a great need uh, for people to find that quiet space within them, mm -hmm. but it's so scary, and it's so unfamiliar, and we don't, we don't know why we're uncomfortable with it, and we, don't, and we keep putting these ridiculous mm -hmm. either limitations or, or expectations on what it means to be silent with yourself. Uh, well, I shouldn't be having any thoughts and I shouldn't be thinking of anything and no imagery should become and that's completely 
-hmm. unrealistic and it keeps so many people away from being still in meditation and just being quiet with your thoughts even uh, people that pray on a normal that's one thing that I definitely do on a daily is that I I pray I have done that since I was a child Um, I and I when I say prayer I don't mean and I grew up Catholic but I I don't mean a Hail Mary or an Our Father although I say them I still say them um, often but it's not about the prayers that we've memorized it's about just a conversation with God but mm-hmm. to me it's a um it, it's me me talking to God and yeah. and whether it's in gratitude and telling him thank you so much which I had a very strange very strange moment of gratitude yesterday which I can explain in a little bit but um it's it could either be that or me asking him yeah. for guidance or um uh wanting something that I think that I need in my life or just asking him for give me what I need and I'll handle it I'll try to handle the rest um but the prayer thing I've I have always 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 done I remember being a little little child and like having conversations not with myself but with him with God with what I consider to be our you know our our creator what some people might call a divine source um I've always done that um so prayer can absolutely um, be part of someone's daily med- uh, daily rituals. It is mine, um, but it isn't to me the same as meditation. And some people might disagree with that. Some people, perhaps in uh, in religious um, circles, might disagree. No, meditation prayer is the same thing. For me personally, they're very different. Yeah, they're very different. Uh, to me, meditation is all about finding God um, inside yourself uh, by listening to your intuition. Yeah. Because to me, he speaks. He speaks to me, and for me, prayer tends to be. Uh, I said conversation earlier. I, I I kind of am going to take that one back. It's more of me. It's a monologue. It's me talking to God, mm-hmm. um, as as some people would write in diaries and and that sort of thing. I I talk to him, but when it comes to um, um, meditation, it's more about listening, and in the listening to the quiet. Um, and be sitting in the discomfort until it gets comfortable. And that's what building a meditation practice is about. Um, it, you can quiet yourself enough, enough, not completely, but enough, to listen to your own gut and see what comes up, what gets conjured up. And to me, that's God. Mm-hmm. To me, it's God talking to me um, rather than me talking talking to him in prayer. I like that. Yeah. So... For the people who are listening in who don't know you, um, give us a backstory. Also, I found out that we have listeners in Brazil. So How wonderful. <laughs> which is great. So there That's are obviously great. people out there who don't know you. So. <laughs> so a little bit about your backstory and what brought you here through your, your personal development and your spiritual journey. Oh, um, I think I've always just been very connected um, to my faith in God. Um, and I would never want to, uh, not talk about my faith in God because that's who made me who I am. I think, um, I just, have just always been very super connected. I've always felt a very direct line to him. Um, I remember my mom saying, uh, when I was a child that I'd be praying for something and she'd say, you know, um, in a very loving way. And it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, negative uh I know she wasn't being negative but she would say like oh God has bigger things to deal with than that (laughs) you know you want this or you want that as a child but 
as I grew up, I was like, no, God, God is uh, absolutely there. I always say, even if, it, if it's a tiny little thing that I say, oh, God, I, I would love it if this would happen or if I would love it if I would say, God, thank you for small favors. But thank him for, for everything in my life. But I've always felt that. I have never veered from my faith. It has never, I honestly say this, I have never wavered in my faith uh, that God exists mm-hmm. and that he uh, is there to guide all of us. I've never wavered from that. No matter how difficult, no matter how trying mm-hmm. my life has gotten or how much pain I've been in or my family has been in, I, it's just never gotten less. Yeah. Um, and it's only gotten stronger and stronger as the years have gone on. Um, so you, a few years back, um, I, I, I don't really know how to explain what happened. I think it all started with a dream. Um, <laughs> it didn't start with a dream. Things started building toward this development in my life or growth. Uh, but there was a dream that I had in which I was in total darkness and someone whispered in my ear. <laughs> I still laugh about it because it's just so bizarre. Somebody whispered in my ear the name Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard. Oh, I vaguely <laughs> and, remember this. And, and when I, and I say this in quotes, when I woke up, in quotations, when I woke up, it was as if I wasn't at all asleep. I it's just like I opened my eyes. It, I, I mm-hmm. didn't feel like I had been asleep at all. Yeah. I just felt like I opened my eyes. Like one state of consciousness went right into the other. And there was no boundary. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was... You know when you wake up and you know you've been asleep and you wake yeah, up? You there's an awakening there. There's a moment of like uh, metaphorically turning on a light. Mm-hmm. That did not happen for me. It was as if... And it was after a night of sleep. But it's, it's as if my dream state... And my awake state, there was no difference. Mm. And I had, I was left with such an, uh, like, it was a weird feeling. Like, what just happened? I don't know what occurred. But I, I do remember, after having gotten over the shock of, like, was I sleeping or not sleeping, um, this name Kierkegaard. And there's no bigger truth than write things down when you wake up because oh, then yeah. you're going to forget them. But like, the second you, quote, unquote, wake up, you do start to forget Um what just happened in the dream or, or whatever. Um, and, but it was just one word, so I remembered it. And everything. I remember that name from high school. I had an awesome education in high school, and I remember that that was a philosopher. But I don't remember reading Kierkegaard. So um, little by little, that, that led me to start, you know, putting the names of philosophers into Google and, and trying to see what, what is that about? Like, where did this name come from? But... Believe it or not, I still have not read Kierkegaard. That happened about four years ago, I think. I still have not read Kierkegaard. <laughs> I know about him, but I haven't really actually read his stuff. And I have books that I've bought, and they're still in my office, but I haven't read them. Um, but it, it, it's very strange. But that started a quest for other things. And it started a quest for existentialism, religious philosophies, um, uh, dogma, doctrine, um, spirituality in general, mm-hmm. all of those sorts of things. And I started... To develop this insatiable hunger for reading as much as I could, as I could, because I'm teaching full time and anybody that knows the life of a teacher, the life of a teacher is not all that it's cracked up to be. And it's not, it's not an eight to three job, certainly. Oh, yeah. I think the two of you know, right, Isabel and Gabby, that um, yeah. it, it bleeds into your personal life 
a lot, sometimes too much. Yeah. Um, Even I'm, Franny, who we interviewed in, uh, last week, she was saying, you know, she gets on the bus, I forget, at this crazy, like 6 a.m. or something, takes two buses and sure. doesn't get home until like 6 o'clock. She was my student. I'm proud to say that she, she was. Said on, well, <laughs> she said hi. She said hi. And, and, and <laughs> hi. I'm so excited to uh, reconnect with you. Um, and I know we're friends. We see each other's uh, our, our posts um, on, on social media. But I, I'm i very proud of, of all of my students. So, yeah, I'm really excited she's going to be on your podcast. Yeah. Both of you are going to have a great time <laughs> talking to her. Um, but I, um, uh, you know, the life of a teacher is so busy. Yeah. And I'm also in graduate school at the same time. So when I say I tried to get as much as I c- could to read, literally, it could be five minutes uh, in a week and that sort of thing. Sometimes it was more. Um, but I started reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. And I have read awesome books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to go on a quest of what is this connection <clears throat> between the mind, the body, and the spirit? Mm-hmm. Um, I think and, that's where, before you go into it, I think that's where um, it's a good time to ask the question, how do you distinguish personally religion from spirituality? Because I think when people think mind, body, and soul, I know a lot of people who consider religion to be separate from the soul. Do you okay. know what I mean? You know, where people think mind, body, and soul, when I treat my soul, it's in in terms of... Um, meditation and holistic practices and then other people associate it with praying and go to church. So there must be some fine line, some connection between the two for mind, body, and soul. I, 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 I think all of these things are very personal. I think yeah. every human being has, of course, the right um, to think of these things as they wish. Um, and it is so intimate and personal that no one has the right to tell another person what is and isn't mm-hmm. um, a reality for them. So I don't think um, there is a hard line uh, between any of these things. Uh, but I can tell you what my opinion is for me and myself yeah. and what I witness and what I experience on a daily basis that I see to be truth for me. Um, but again, not necessarily is that suitable for every single human being on earth. But I do have the right to see it in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I see it is that um, religion is a very human, normal, natural development in our own spiritual lives. I, I, I just, I couldn't envision humanity, to be honest with you, without religion. Yeah. Because man has to make um, rituals and mm-hmm. has to make sense and um, and practice of their spirituality and in community. So I can't envision mm-hmm. uh, humans not having religion. And I think it's a, a normal and natural um, aspect of humanity. Spirituality, um, I, I think, gives birth to religion. I think that's what all people who are on a spiritual quest... Mm-hmm. Um, will eventually find others that are like-minded and they eventually k- might form some sort of a religious um, uh, practice uh, where there are, um, you know, where they create um, some sort of dogma or doctrine or uh, uh, sp- specific sacramental and religious um, traditions and that sort of thing. 
Um, I think we're very afraid in today's climate to talk about religion, mm-hmm. uh, to say that we are religious, mm-hmm. to um, you know, to be okay with saying no, I'm 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 a Jew, mm-hmm. I'm a Catholic, I'm Muslim. People are afraid to say that, and I think that's what a shame that is because what what brings us to our religions, if we have any, if we have any, um, is this beautiful desire and quest to find what makes us us, what makes us human, and what unites us, which is spirit. Yeah. Which I is spirit. I think that's a good point. Yeah. And I I was, I forgot who I was talking to about it, but at least for me personally, I delved into my religion kind of out of desperation and I'm sure a lot of people do it because when I fell into religion I think I was at the most stressful point with my student loans and trying to make my minimum payments that I just started praying constantly and saying you know if there is a god up there you know how tough this is this is so hard and it came out of desperation to have those conversations with God. And then after a while, I just really fell in love with it. And I found a lot of relief mm-hmm. in other parts of my life separate from that desperation with my student loans. And after a while, I became a lot more content and open with how I perceive religion as part of my life. And I love how my relationship with religion and God has grown. And um, despite how I started mm-hmm. finding God again, mm-hmm. um, it's much stronger than yeah. it is now. I, I say, who cares how you who got cares? there? Yeah. yeah. So I believe it was uh, Loyola who said, uh, I believe it was Loyola. I could be mistaken. Um, so much that I've read, um, it's hard to remember <laughs> everything. I have a terrible memory. Um, God meets you where you are. Yeah. You're right. And he, you know, he, he really, and I say he, you know, very because that's my, what what I'm used to saying, but he meets you where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, in desperation, it's okay. Yeah. Um, in happiness, it's okay. In mm-hmm. celebration, it's okay. It does. What difference does it make um, mm-hmm. if it's something good and positive in your life, and that could only make you better and help you grow and develop um, in every way, shape, and form? Who cares how you get there? Um, and he knows that. So it isn't necessarily in a religion. It's not necessarily in a building. It's not necessarily in a ritual at all. Mm-hmm. It's in your thirst and your desire and your search mm-hmm. for him and, and what he can give and offer. And, um, and you have, I, I look at um, very much um, God, spirituality, um, even religion. I, I look at it as this. I, I look at everything as a mosaic of God. So I think the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly, mm-hmm. the rich, the poor, everything as a mosaic of God. Um, you ever see these pictures? Right as well, I think you've... The, the, where it's like an image um, of something greater, but you see the the small pixels are actually pictures of other oh, people. Oh, yeah, that it makes right, one Gabby? giant picture. Yeah, so yeah. you can see... Those are those incredible. Pictures. I find them to be beautiful, and that's how I see um, religion and God and people and humanity, and, and all, I see it all as mosaics of one thing. Mm-hmm. So we're all the same. We're just little tiny facets and aspects of something greater than us. Yeah. Something greater than us. And that unites us. Yeah. So how do you think that a 
busy person or someone who is not used to incorporating spirituality into their life can take on some practices, some new mindsets to kind of transition them into thinking more about the soul? Well, I think I think it starts with your desire to do that. I, I don't, I would never say someone that has no interest in pursuing anything like that mm-hmm. um, should because they're everybody's at a different point in their lives um, and you you both know very well that you can't force someone to do something that they don't want if they don't mm-hmm. they really don't want it they're not gonna they're not gonna do it so it has to start with a curiosity a thirst a hunger um, that ignites I want more of this mm-hmm. so to that person um, I and this is something that in my own personal development, um, I, I want to see this happen. I eventually would love to be in some sort of a, um, a position where I could help others mm-hmm. find that, it, that which they're searching for. So I think start with questions. Mm, questions, yeah. Yeah, because I think, uh, like I've spoken like a teacher, you have to ask yourself the, ask yourself the questions that will bring you closer to what you're searching for. So like, um, you know, is this all there is, as the song says, right? Is this all there is? Do it, does life end with the here and now? Mm-hmm. Once once our body goes, is that is it over? Do you, What do you want to know about the hereafter? What do you want to know about things that you can't see, smell, touch, feel? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you want to know about yourself? And about other people that connects you, yeah. um, so I, I would say start with questions uh, to further fuel the fire mm-hmm. to find maybe not an answer, but what will get you closer and closer to a deeper understanding of those questions yeah. and those answers. And 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 I think that there's beauty in the journey and beauty in the asking of the questions, not in arrival at a destination or anything like that. But it's in trying to figure out. I'm I'm meeting with groups of people now, um, that will, that have kind of the same questions as I do, mm-hmm. but we're all at kind of different stages. But we all have the same questions, and we all have the, and I love listening to them because I'm like, I thought of that, you know, 25 years ago. Then I see somebody who's older, and I go, Wow, I never thought of that mm-hmm. question, and I see myself in transition, and I think that community of people asking each other questions and, and giving their opinions and their experiences, there's growth. And, oh, yeah. and that to me is, to me, the ultimate um, journey in spiritual development and, and growth is in the um, talking to other people, mm-hmm. listening quietly to yourself so that you can hear the inner voice coming through, which to me is our, 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 our creator, our divine source. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that's what that that unification is what um, helps you grow. Yeah. Uh, we uh, help each other uh, get a little closer and a little closer to developing our own inner journeys. I love that. Yeah, I love that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I think the best part about meeting with groups of people like that is that it's just like teamwork in another sense of the word. It's uh, it's community. Bring, it's community. It's community. It's bringing together mm-hmm. different ideas, different perspectives, mm-hmm. different upbringings mm-hmm. oh, yeah. for the same purpose yeah. Yeah. of 
finding where you are and where you want to go on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the groups that I that I've been meeting, um, you know, some of us are some of us are Catholic, some of us are Christian, some of us are Jewish. Um, but we and some of us don't never followed any kind of religion, which is awesome because yeah. uh, we're all there for the same. Re- <laughs> you know how beautiful this is is that we're all there for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. We want to learn. We want to learn um, where all of this ties into one another. But in the building of community mm-hmm. and being within uh, close proximity to those that have the same sort of search, um, that's how we grow yeah. better as better people in general. And I love that everyone from. From what I can gather, I love that everyone's from different age groups Every, too. Yeah, that is, because me personally, I would, I would tend to think it would be, maybe a younger group of people like in my generation who are searching. Yeah. Um, but it's great that everyone's from different from different backgrounds. backgrounds. Yep, everybody's from a different background. And so, my last question is, what does your legacy look like? What do you want your legacy to look like? I'm still here, aren't I? I hope I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Gabby, I ain't dead yet. Okay, yeah. (laughs) What would I hope my legacy The end of the podcast (laughs) is the end of it all. (laughs) No. (laughs) Darn, all that reading and meeting and talking and meditation for nothing. No, I'm kidding. Um, What would I want my legacy to look like? Um... Wow, it's a deep question, Gabby. It is a deep um, question. Okay, so I think that I've just by being with the people around me on a daily basis, whether you're my student, uh, you're the person that I just bought something to eat from at a at a at a cafe, uh, or whether I'm your daughter or your mother or your wife or your best friend, um, or I'm your employee, um, that I would have made you think a little deeper than you normally would, that I would have made you feel a little bit more deeply than you normally do, um, but that somehow I've ignited something within yourself to make you grow more mm. and better. I think that would what would be my legacy. I think lots of people think that in order to make a difference, and that's overrated, to make a difference in others' lives, you have to be um, larger than life, and you, you don't. I think what life is all about is learning and helping yourself and others grow to mm. be better every day on the smallest possible scale so I think that that is what I would want my legacy to be is that I was a a tiny little cogwheel little piece of a cogwheel in the bigger machine of everyone's life that that would make me happy I think I think if we all did that and that's our goal to just affect the people that are closest to you on a daily basis that's the legacy that's the that's the, the little tiny touch you have. It's like touching the leaf yeah. of a of a tree, uh, of a branch or something. Just touching it. That 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 contact. Uh, I would like that to be my legacy. I think uh, Maya Angelou would be so ecstatic to hear you say that because I think it was she that said, 
When you go, no one will remember what you said or what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Yeah, she did say that. Mm-hmm. She did say that. She said, I'm what I love. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. This was an honor and pleasure to both of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to put, even though we didn't get a chance to talk about it, we're going to link that book that has gone through all three of us, <laughs> Eastern, Body, Eastern Body, Western Mind by Andrea Judith. Anodea. Anodea Judith, right. So I'm going to put that in the description box. And I think we need a follow-up podcast just to discuss that book because <laughs> it is so meaty. And, and I'd I love love to that continue book. talking about mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to today's podcast. Tune in next week for another episode of Mind Happy, Love Gabby, with me and my sister. Bye. (laughs)